Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. American Heretics, the Politics of the Gospel takes audiences into the buckle of the Bible Belt where a group of defiant Oklahomans are rising up to the challenge deeply rooted in fundamentalist Christian doctrine. Labeled as heretics for their beliefs and actions, they refuse to wield their faith as a sword sharpened by literal interpretations of the Bible, especially those interpretations that continue to justify nationalism and hack away at the landmark civil rights protections for women, minorities, immigrants, and the LGBTQ communities. And that is the backstory behind this terrific new documentary called American Heretics, The Politics of the Gospel. And we're joined today by the, a team of filmmakers, uh, including the director-producer Janine Butler, as well as the producer, her sister, Catherine Lynn Butler. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. We're very pleased to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm going to start with... Janine, I'll just start with you. Uh, where did the idea for the film uh, American Heretics come from? Well, we had the pleasure of doing some work with uh, an organization earlier on to do some nonprofit work with them, a group of biblical scholars. And as we were doing that for that organization, we got in conversations about the sort of larger national conversation and and then we started to mull it over from there, and that's where the whole thing germinated. Catherine Lynn Butler, let, did, did, what was what was the who were the first people that you sort of reached out to in terms of pulling together the resources you needed to make uh, American Heretics? Well, we were um, we reached out to we we decided we really needed to create a brain trust to sort of help us guide through what is. Um, a very contentious uh, issue that most people don't want to talk about during the dinner table. <laughs> so don't talk politics and religion. So we actually had the, um, we were able to bring together Bernard Brandon Scott, our historian. Um, we met Reverend Myers and also Reverend Lori Walkie, and then subsequently her husband, Representative Colin Walkie. And they introduced us to a part of the country um, that we really didn't have any, you know, other connection to. We really understood that there was this was an amazing story that was a microcosm of what's happening on a larger level. And um, so they were part of our initial brain trust, and then we went on to meet Robert Jones and the other wonderful characters, Carlton Pearson and Marlon Lavenhart, and the others who... Um, really helped tell us the story, especially from the Oklahoma point of view. Yeah, that is really one of the wonderful things about American Heretics is there are a whole lot of different perspectives in the film in regarding this very contentious tension relationship. I don't exactly know how to describe it between evangelicals and people who are not evangelicals, who are of religious belief. And it is difficult to navigate that without without kind of tilting the film in a in a in a very uh biased direction i thought what you did with the people you had on screen where they were respectful of 
all concerned, all parties concerned. Uh, you were unfortunately unable to get many voices from the evangelical community, but nonetheless, you were respectful towards that community in the telling of this story. Um, and that's, I'm sure it was a conscious decision on your part. And I'll just ask you, uh, Catherine Lynn Butler, what, what, how did that happen? I mean, what was the sort of the logistics for you to pull these different people in and to tell their part of the story? Uh, how in, the importance of getting all being respectful and getting a, a fair reading of both sides of the issue. I think it was important for Janine and I and our whole editorial team to um, the whole idea of doing this film was to really to try and and inspire uh, a dialogue between different sides, take some of the heat out of the um, the conversation that has sort of divided us nationwide. I mean, into into camps that don't speak to each other anymore. And and most importantly, um, you know, as filmmakers, it was really important for us to be able to let our characters tell their story without our, um, without, you know, it's their story. Mm. And our, our job as filmmakers was to really craft and find the most um, compelling way to bring it all together, to weave these very complicated threads from from their personal stories in Oklahoma to the history, you know, to the larger picture of even the last 50 years in the United States in a way that was eye-opening for all of us. So we were, as filmmakers, and Janine was really brilliant at this as the director, was able to weave all these complicated threads into this larger tapestry. We gave our characters the platform to talk to the rest of America, but then we were able to place it in the larger historical context, um, which made it relevant for all of us. And so I think that we had very um, sincere intent from the beginning to do just that. Janine um, Butler, is there something, is is there sort of a, a bellwether issue or a bellwether perspective that is the most contentious? Is there something that is sort of, if you had to point to one or two things, would you say are the, are the forks in the road? That's a really, that's a really good question. Um, and I think it's, it's probably a great question for, for some of the people in Oklahoma who are living this every day. Um, I, I can't speak for them. When we were on the ground there, we were very struck by the fact that we experienced Expected, since we're not from we're not from that part of right. part of the country. Right. Um, Catherine and I hail from both coasts, East Coast, West Coast, and um, I think we thought we might get there, and it we might be able to identify certain issues. And then once we got on the ground there, and we really started to get to know our characters and the world that they live in and their families, we realized just how complicated it is, and there are many many issues that overlap. And I think one of the hardest things for those that have differing opinions um, is this worry that they're going to lose community, this sense of loss. And I, I believe that Bishop Pearson said it so eloquently when he was talking in the car, and he said it's like losing, losing your church, losing your community, it's like being a homeless family. And so I don't think that I'm answering your question no, I th- exactly the way maybe you had thought. But one thing that we did realize is that there's um, these are deep-seated issues. The P 
people who are living them and 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 working through this every day, which is really all of us. They represent all of us in the country right now. And that it's not all that easy to point to one thing to say that was it. That was the most polarizing issue. You just alluded to the film takes place in Oklahoma. And as you as described in the film, it's the reddest of red states. It's arguably the reddest of red states in the country. As the film progresses, you get to kind of understand that why that is in in for in a lot of different ways. But certainly, there's an historic context for for uh, seeing it as in that light as one of the reddest states. There are also a lot of racial divides in the state. There are a lot of fissures along the the lines of beyond politics, or maybe in a, in a manner of speaking, political, but also personal uh, uh, um, history that goes that's taken place in Oklahoma. Is part of this that we can't agree, that these different uh, perspectives cannot agree on basic fact? Is that it? Or is it that we have just become so tribal that we don't listen uh, and I'll ask. I'll start with you, Catherine. What do you, what, what do you think is the sort of the the re, the reason why we're here now? And is it is it we can't agree on facts, or is it that we can't we are just we don't listen to one another? Wow, that's an awfully big question. I bet if I could answer that, I would definitely <laughs> be like the lot of winner. Um, but I think, in, you know, seriously, <laughs> I think I'd be having a lot of people call me first. <laughs> um, well, I think you, you touched on some interesting possibilities. I think I think we've just forgotten how to talk to each other. I think perhaps it is because it, you know, is around more tribalism and, and nationalism. Or maybe it's really just the fact that we all are live in different communities. We don't get to interact with each other's communities as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that perhaps losing the thread of civic conversation is, is all part of it. Um, and so it, and that's a tough question. Yeah. I, don't, I, mean, I don't mean to not answer your no, question, no, that's, but that's... I think... Well, maybe, you maybe know, we're, we're at a time where we have a lot of chattering going on, and I think maybe the fact that it's too much that there's just perhaps it is because we can't listen, but because there's too much that's kind of blocking the ability to actually have an honest conversation between people. Well, uh, on let, tough issues. Yeah, let me rephrase that slightly because I, I realize that is the million dollar question in the film, where you have a number of experts on the Bible. Brandon Scott, uh, who really seems to be—he's—he's he's just terrific in terms of his ability to kind of lay out he the is. historic context for the for the Bible. For me, watching the film, it feels like his historically accurate portrayal of the Bible seems to clash with a sort of popular conception of the Bible for people who believe in the Bible, who are religious. This is the this is the word about religion in this country, uh, and yet the basic facts on the ground don't jibe with so much of what is taught as biblical truth. Am I am I stretching that too far? Uh, Janine? So this is, this is Janine, and I'll, I'll yeah. just say that um, I think Brandon would, Brand, Brandon Scott, Dr. Scott, would agree with you, and 
from our perspective as storytellers and filmmakers, I can tell you that one thing that Catherine and I noticed consistently during our time on the ground, during our interviews, we we had we had crew from 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 wonderful cinematographer from New York, but we picked up um, a lot of our crew locally in Oklahoma, and um, we continue to hear over and over again during the course of these many interviews, especially with Dr. Scott. Um, by the end of the interview, we would he would be asked the question, and 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 we would always be asked the question, why didn't anybody ever tell us this? And that is a line that Dr. Scott uses all the time for his student. Why didn't anybody ever tell me this? That the look at the Bible, looking at it, the historical document, um, is taught in seminary, but it never goes out into the pulpit. It's a consistent refrain. Like, just a lot of people who had been also, you know, and a lot of the people that we work with, and we've shown this, they grew up in a very conservative uh, arena, and their their idea of the Bible and what they learned, it was a very eye-opening experience. Like, truly, I think, a moving experience for for quite a few people that were involved with the piece. Yeah, and I really do think that this is a lot of it. There are that there just seems to be a lot of interpretations of the origin story of the Bible, how it came to to us as as a document. Where there's a lot of that seems when whenever I hear discussions about this, and I hear from somebody like a Bernard Brandon Scott, that story is the one that makes the most sense historically and otherwise. But so much of the other stuff seems to be in furtherance or in service to a particular bias when we start getting into, you know, divine intervention and things like that about the Bible. And I'm not an expert. I don't mean I don't even claim to be an expert in any sense of the word. But I but I, what I've heard over the course of my lifetime growing up in a Catholic uh, faith and then being exposed uh, for a long period of time to people who are evangelical and uh, faith. It just feels like uh, you can just a lot of inferences are drawn from a story that didn't happen in terms of the sort of the history of the, the how the Bible came about. That is seems to really, for me personally, seems to be kind of a a, a root cause of so much. Well, just what you describe, people saying, "I wish I had known that from before." Um, so I, I, I don't even know if I have a question. It just feels like that's something that in my own experience, um, I, I was involved in politics for many years. And so I've, I'm sort of familiar with the, this cultural divide that, that is addressed in this film. And if I could have figured out a way to crack that code, I, I'd have been, I'd still be doing politics. <laughs> so it's difficult is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should go back into politics. Uh, <laughs> the <help> you <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it is, it's just so, uh, it's so disheartening because, and I also think there's another thing. I'm gonna. This is sort of a, a theory I've, I've had over, uh, you know, the last few years. Politics is one part of the equation in terms of why there's so much misunderstanding. It, it is a, it's driving what you do in politics is you drive your base to get them excited to vote. And in that process, I think that's, we see it in the film, the sort of going back to Ronald Reagan and his relationship with the evangelicals. It's that, that's part of it. And I also think it has to do with marketing. We, we are marketed so heavily individually now in ways that are designed to basically break us down into particular demographic profiles 
that I think we're constantly being reinforced, whether it be in a religious context or a political context or in a consumer context. We're constantly being marketed in a way that puts us in or they try to put us in a box. And I think we start to identify with that box often. And I think that is part of a mindset that is not helping us reach across these different divides. Does that make sense to you at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing for us is that we also we we can we we, we as as individuals and citizens can easily fall into that category. Um, and one very interesting point, as we were during the course of this, as we were doing this, is that. It's easy to paint um, everybody with the same stripe, you know, the red, same red stripe or the same blue stripe, and just assume that sort of simul- similarly thinking because of the way um, they're represented in the press. And then we also realized, and we realized since this has been released, there's, there are quite a few people saying, thank you for noticing that there's a lot of people with different points of view living in um, states that are categorized as, as you know, yeah. a, a certain type of voting block. Right. And, and where church is, is part of their, you know, still a really integral part of their community. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of the coasts are, you know, maybe that may be less so, but there's still an incredibly large part of America where, you know, um, the church is kind of the focus of, of, of life and community and and, right. and it's, it's an important role and and we just wanted to really exactly just kind of reintroduce Americans to each other with yeah. this film yeah. and say you know probably if you reached across the counter and you stopped at a diner somewhere along Route 66 and had a conversation you'd be really surprised you'd have a great conversation and you might find somebody that you know thought you know was completely different than you thought or perhaps you could agree to disagree. Right. You know, but the fact is you have a conversation because right. you're both Americans. Exactly. When you, and as, as stated in the film, you, we're human beings. And this is this is the part that I that we have sort of become, we, we easily want, we want as human beings, we also want to identify with people, with other people. We want to, it's, I think it's in our human nature to want to uh, identify people who we share a common perspective with and so but i think we live in an in, a, in an age of commercialization advertising driving people to behaviors that in you know make money for other people and that's part of this equation we shop for everything now we shop religion we shop you know jobs we shop news we shop our news we, we how we get our information now we shop around till we find a, a network or or an outlet that reinforces what we think we already know so all of these things are, in some manner of speaking, watching American heretics and the politics of the gospel, sort of for me are fi- are filling in some of the some of the blank spots in in these big questions that you're asking. And I, I think we need we just we need to get beyond all of this stuff. We just have to. And uh, a film like yours is certainly posing that question: How do we get past all of this? <sighs> oh, we like right on. We've done our job. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that. Well, it does. And and I, I I'm I'm 
I'm sure the reaction has been, I'm sure you've gotten a great reaction from the film. What? Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Catherine Lynn Butler. What has the reaction been? Uh, you know, it's at different festivals or at screenings. What the, what's the kind of reaction you're getting? Well, you know what? We have been so pleased because we've actually had all, a whole cross-section of people in our audience um, in festivals so far. And in fact, we didn't know when we were at Telluride Mountain Film that um, actually a group, aggressive evangelicals, had come especially to come see the film uh, high up in the Rockies in Colorado. And, and this was one of our first public screenings, actually. And they were so excited. I mean, I have a long list of people who want to bring it to their churches. And But one of the women who stood up um, right after the film this this is actually really moving because she said, you know, my I just want to thank you for the fact that you treated our beliefs and our faith and our community with respect. I mean, we are we all have different ideas about it, but my mother worked for Oral Roberts. You know, I just feel like you treated us with respect, and I and and I really want to thank you for that. And I think that Janine and our whole editorial team, and all the amazing people who have worked with us to make this film possible, of which there are many, and I'd like to shout out to them, that I think we really felt at that moment that perhaps we really had touched into the zeitgeist of the moment, that maybe we could spark. We This film could be used as a conversation starter, a creative dialogue, if you will, um, and that a contemporary dialogue, if you will. Yeah. And and that's really what we were after. If we, we, we have the ability to give context in a, in a time when media and films are being reduced to soundbite and entertainment. And I, I think that we were, it was, it was a, it was a responsibility that we, that we took seriously and, and, and hopefully people will continue to respond that way. It's been positive so far. <laughs> well, excellent. Janine, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think Catherine really covered it. I mean, we've, um, it, it, ha- it has been very positive so far and, and emotional, I think, for some people. And we hope that for those that feel like their voices weren't represented or we didn't cover everything because, you know, we couldn't and how could you, right. that that all it really does is make you say, okay, well, maybe I want to find out a little bit more or maybe I want to dig a little bit deeper. I mean, we're just really serving up, you know, an introduction. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I want... A craft where the light gets in. Yes. Amen. How's that? I'll end it with Amen to all of that and <laughs> well I want to thank both of you for, for being on the program today uh, for being on Film School Radio the film again is American Heretics the Politics of the Gospel and I want to let people know that uh, they can see the film here in Los Angeles area it'll be screening on August 7th at the Pasadena Playhouse that's in Pasadena believe it or not the Limley Playhouse 7 in Pasadena, and also the Lemley Monica Film Center also on August 7th, and you should go to the website. That would be, I think, the first place to go is AmericanHereticsTheFilm.com to find out more, and uh, all the best to both of you on this film, and I truly hope that, as you said, we've opened up a few doors here and uh, uh, to some people's hearts and to their minds as well. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Yes. Th- thank you both. Again, we've been... Thank you for having us on. <laughs> well, thank you. We've been speaking with uh, Janine Butler as well as Catherine Lynn Butler, the 
Janine is the director and producer, and Catherine Lynn is the uh, producer of the film American Heretics, The Politics of the Gospel. Thank you both so much for being here today on Film School. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.